1: Anytime you're ready, one note to self: I have a pup, Okay. and uh, if he, if you, uh, if you see me doing this, that's me handing him treats to keep him out of our out of our show. So we'll see how that works out. Right?
0: Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. That was the one thing that I was really surprised I didn't break down and get while I was in quarantine was a new pup because. Like, every couple of weeks, we'd get alerts from the local uh, humane society saying, Uh hey, we're over capacity. We're giving away free – adopt, or we're waiving all adoption fees for the next how many ever hours or days or whatever. And I just wanted to break down and get one, but I knew it wasn't going to be a long-term thing. It wasn't going to be a good long-term solution. Yeah. So –
1: yeah.
0: You know, one of those things.
1: Well, I got him, uh, uh, when it became clear that I was not going to be traveling any longer. And I knew that, uh, at the end of my assignment, you know, I would retire and, uh, I thought, well, it's uh, quarantine. I'll get a pup and, uh, I'm going to sneak around and take a look at him because he tends to like to chew on things. Um, <laughs> uh, I'll get a pup. I know I'm not going anywhere, so we'll have plenty of time to uh, to get to know each other. And it's worked out pretty well. Worked nice. out pretty nice. well. So. Nice. Yeah.
0: so I think we're going to just kind of roll into it then since we're already going pretty good. So we're sitting here with uh, Bill Abernathy, a return guest to the live cast. We had him back on in July. Yeah, July. Uh, early July. I think it was like right after the 4th, if I'm not mistaken. Um, mm-hmm. So I want to thank you really quick for coming back on. I was actually... kind of concerned because like when you first put in the uh, request there was a few other people that had put in requests around the same time that had said or didn't realize they'd already been on the podcast and I thought that might have been the same situation and then I went and read like the thing and it was like nope he definitely know or definitely remembers or you know like realizes that this is the same podcast he'd been on way back when but you know it's this is one of those things where it's like I just get a little paranoid sometimes, where it's like, you know, yeah,
1: yeah. Well, to be honest with you, I, I remember when we talked before, we had a really good time, yeah. And uh, um, you know, when you do as many of these as we do, uh, you yeah. and I both, uh, the really good ones kind of stick in your mind, and, and this oh. was certainly one of those. So I was oh, uh, excited that uh, we were able to do it again. So, really cool.
0: appreciate that. And actually, kind of a funny story to segue, um, because of a lot of the interviews that we'd been doing, we actually launched a radio show in the uh, same kind of, it's more rock music, rock based because the station that we uh, got approached by is an independent rock station. So that's Mm -hmm. kind of the lane that we have to stick in. But still, they approached us because they had heard the podcast Like, I think they approached us probably December or so. So that that was really cool. So yeah,
1: that's really cool. Congratulations, man.
0: Thank you. So what's new with you? Like, it's been a while and you've released some new music since, uh, since we had you on last, but
1: yeah, no, we've got, uh, I, I got stuff going on. Right. So when we talked, uh, last time in July, I think that I was in the process of recording yeah uh some new music which is as you know is is is, it's it's an ongoing thing you know it never ends right and uh we did release uh one new tune uh called more than meets the eye in uh uh, just prior to the election okay and uh it's uh kind of a uh it's a social commentary song right so uh, uh but it's more of a rocker you know you you were talking about rock right so this one this was a little bit more of a rocker, uh, than, than maybe what we typically do, but that genre seemed to really fit well, uh, with the message of the song. So, um, we released that one in, uh, not November, right, but October, November, something like that, uh, right before the election. And it kind of took off and and it's done really well, uh, from an independent music standpoint, I think Mm -hmm. our, uh, uh, our lyric video that, that uh, we put out for that one's been, I don't know, 20,000 some plus views. And I think we've been streamed somewhere around a couple of hundred thousand times, you know, so yeah. it's, uh, for an independent guy, that's pretty good numbers.
0: That's really and, good uh, numbers.
1: Yeah. 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 It was interesting. And it's like I said, you know, it was a bit, uh, societal quasi political, mm-hmm. uh, and, uh, uh, by the way, not one side or the other. Yeah. But, uh, uh, it was interesting as, uh, you know, social media posts went out about it, you know, and, and you get a lot of comments and on this particular one led the league in my career in, in comments. And, uh, most of them were very, very good. And people said, Hey man, I get it. You know, you're not pointing a finger. You're not saying left, right. You know, you're not picking a side. You're just saying, Hey, here's a situation that we need to look at. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, Uh, But, you know, there's always the ones, right, that uh, are seeing everything kind of through rose-colored glasses, if you would. And uh, so some of those comments uh, were maybe not as interesting as others. How's that? And some of them I just had to take down. They were a little bit brutal. Yeah. Uh, But it is what it is in social media, right?
0: Yeah, that's very true. It's one of those things where it's just like you got to figure out where your line is on social media and just kind of stick with it.
1: Yeah, yeah. well that particular tune, uh, w- and what I did with it was I kind of looked at the situation and said, you know, man, I, I just wonder if we're not getting lost in the weeds, you know? So I kind of look at, you know, you can't see the forest for the trees, right? And uh, with, with what's going on in society today from a political standpoint, societal standpoint, economic standpoint, I wonder sometimes if we don't look so closely at the details of what's going on, that we forget to kind of take a step back and look at the big picture, right? And uh, that's really what that tune's all about. So it's not really pointed one way or the other, left, right, up, down, doesn't matter. It's really more of a, maybe we should just clear the fog a bit, take a step back and see what's going on across the whole picture, you know? which is why, which is why we called it more than meets the eye. So,
0: yeah. It's a, you know, it, then that's a really fresh perspective. Like it, you know, usually music, it's kind of like one side or the other, but just kind of having a song out there that just runs the table of here it is, you know, that's really refreshing. And I think we need a lot more of that.
1: Well, you know, we were fortunate, uh, because we released back on the, uh, Uh, The Crossing Willow Creek album, uh, a couple of years ago, we released a tune called Cry Wolf. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was really more pointed at uh, the news media uh, than it was anything. Uh, But it it was that way. You know, I I wrote it that way specifically. First of all, I don't believe in taking sides and I don't believe in all that craziness. But um, uh, we really, you know, ran the middle ground, Mm -hmm. right? And just said, hey, here's a problem. You know, whether you think it's left or right, you know, it doesn't matter. Uh, and we were able to do that. And so when uh, we were working up uh, more than meets the eye, that was one of the goals, right? So I'm not necessarily a political guy. Uh, I find it intriguing, to be honest with you. And I find it very interesting. Uh, but I'm not one of those guys that's going to go out and wave a flag for one one side or the other. It's not yeah. who I am. Uh, and so we purposely uh, kept that thing just really, instead of looking left, right, whoever you want to vote for. I don't care. You know, I, I do care if you vote. I think that's clearly important. Yeah. Um, uh, maybe take a look, take a look a little bit broader, you know, use a wider lens, you know, try to, try to see a little bit more than than uh, maybe what's jammed down our throats on the 24 seven news cycle. So, yeah. Uh, and we were able to accomplish that for the most part. So I, I was pretty happy with it. I was very happy with the response that we got.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, that song uh, dropped back in October. Wait, right? End of October? Mm-hmm. Because you you threw me off a little bit when you said right before the election. I was like, well, I mean, I guess... Well, yeah,
1: October it was a couple of before weeks the before o- the election, so I guess that was the end of October sometime around, and I don't remember kay. the exact
0: date, so... So that's been out for a while now, and you've been getting really good reviews on it, and uh, you said you dropped a lyric video. Uh, it... Is it kind of, or what? What was the original plan when you released it? What did you kind of see yourself doing? Just singles, or were you working towards an album? Or like, what, what's kind of the plan? Yeah, so it's the first cut uh, mm-hmm. of the new
1: project. And when when I went into the studio and started working with uh, all the guys, the producers, and you know all those folks. Uh, I played them through, you know, just rough cuts of, uh, and the dog, the dog's hungry, just saying, uh, of of here's the songs, right? Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, then we talked through, you know, the way that I think that they should sound and what genre they should be and that kind of thing. And, and as soon as, uh, collectively, you know, all the folks that are involved in the production and all the, all the musicians and all the folks that we use, as soon as they heard this one, they said, we got to take those other songs and put them on the back burner. Yeah, and You've got to fast track this one and, and get it out. So um, uh, it's rare, you know, when you do a, a music project, as I'm sure you're aware, uh, you know, you have to go through that that voting to see, okay, what's the first single and what's yeah. the first one we're going to release and all that. In this particular case, there was no vote. It was just, okay, you're doing this, we're going to record this song and we will have it out in October. Done. And uh, you know, it worked out pretty well. So, uh, you know, we got that one out and that was kind of the first new stuff that we put out since the uh, crossing Willow Creek stuff. And now uh, I think I mentioned to you earlier, if my voice dies uh, I've been in the studio and I probably have headphone hair because I literally just got home. Uh, But uh, I've been in the studio today uh, finishing up three more. Uh, three more tunes that uh, that will be released and i think i'm going to take those four and and release them as an ep okay Um, but i'll probably uh as opposed to uh and this is a a pilot a trial if you would right uh instead of cranking out you know 12 songs on an album i think what i'm going to do is just focus on on uh getting singles out and then uh, I'll, I'll put a compilation of, of those singles together later as a hard copy. But uh, uh, again, I'm just going to try it and see yeah. how it works. Uh, but uh, uh, yeah, no, I'm having a lot of fun with it. Pretty interesting project, really. Uh, I have no name for this yet. Gotcha. Uh, of the project. So I, uh, uh, it's four really variant different styles of music, okay. right? So this is the value. Uh, of uh, being a singer-songwriter because you can write in whatever genre you want. Right? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And so we have the More Than Meets the Eye, which is really, I mean, it's a rock song. I mean, it's got like really driving drums and, you know, screaming guitars and and, and all that. Uh, the other songs that we have uh, that'll be coming out, one of them uh, is, is a, another a bit of a social statement uh, that uh, is just called the world's foremost authority on everything, right? Okay. So these this is these are people that I know, yeah. right? And these are people you know, and these are people that we see on, you know, on television and on the internet everybody has a friend like this. You know, they always say if you're if you're at uh, Thanksgiving dinner and you don't know who the crazy uncle is, it's probably <laughs> we, you, right? So we all know this guy, right? Yeah. We all have somebody in our lives that is the world's foremost authority on everything. And and uh, uh, when I was uh, putting down the, the music for that, it was, uh, I decided to make it your country, just pure country. Hell, I even went out and bought a banjo. I haven't played a banjo in 30 years, right? I went out and bought a banjo because that was the sound that I thought uh, that particular tune needed. So. I, I'm I was actually
0: s- looking at that. Uh, you are uh, recording the banjo that you'd posted on Facebook earlier yeah. today.
1: Yeah. 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 That's, the uh, um, uh, yeah, I, I played the banjo when I was a kid, yeah. uh, learned how to play it to impress a girl whose dad was a bluegrass guy. Mm-hmm. And I figure if I could impress the dad, I could impress the girl. Well, I ended up learning how to play the banjo and impress the dad and the girl dumped me. So, you know, it doesn't always work out like you'd hope. Right. Yeah. But, uh, when we started listening to uh to that song and, and looking at the lyrics and kind of getting a feel for it we thought yeah we're going pure country and i've never done that before yeah i mean pure old school you know country right yeah like, um,
0: you're talking like traditional country
1: oh yeah oh yeah so uh, uh but we're having fun with it we were we were working on uh, the, the vocals and stuff on that today and uh i think it's probably going to be done um in another session or two uh, when we get into the, the mixing and all that, and so we have uh, on this project, we have the rocker, which is more than meets the eye, and now now we've got the world's foremost authority on everything um, that is really country. And then I'm doing a uh, a tune that I didn't write, uh, but is written by a guy named uh, Gary Burry. He's a great Nashville singer songwriter, and uh, he uh, had written this song. That's called a thousand wild horses. Okay. And uh, I, when I heard it, he plays it, you know, kind of mellow country. Right. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm listening to the lyrics and I'm going, Oh my God, this song is perfect. You know, it's one of those songs that you hear it and you wish I should have written this. Right. Because what he does is he draws an analogy uh, to all of our baggage. You know, we all have it right. Whether it be a past relationship or, you know, anger management issues or, you know, really bad decisions that you mm-hmm. made in the past, might be an addiction thing, whatever. Uh, and and we carry that baggage, you know, with us uh, throughout our lives and it, and it, and it effectively becomes kind of who we are, right? Yeah. Um, he draws an analogy in this song that that baggage is like a thousand wild horses running behind you, hell bent on running you down, right? So how do you manage that baggage, you know? how do you uh how do you deal with it and and uh it's a great it's a great song and uh again you know the the recording process for that is, is I go in you know with with a guitar and a microphone you know and I play the song mm-hmm. and uh you know everybody then kind of listens to it and then, you know I kind of give them a little bit of a feel you know on on what I think and this one has turned out uh to be it's got a little dab of jazz feel to it. Okay. The end of the day, which is interesting, you know? Okay. Uh, and so again, you know, try to, try to hit different genres and uh, uh, that one, I, I just love the lyrics to that song and okay. uh, uh, I'm pretty excited about it. And then I have a new, uh, uh, a new one that I've written um, that uh, is uh, uh, your, but the guys at the studio call it a pure Bill Abernathy song. It's okay. mellow, it's slow, it's beautiful. Uh, the guitar parts and, and all that are just gorgeous. Uh, and uh, you know the, they know that I like that. You know, I really like playing mellow. It's it's good for me. You know, and uh, so that one I would have to say maybe it would be more of on the lines of like a folk song. a a folky type song so uh, and those four songs we're hitting four different genres so you know value of of singer songwriter you can you can show that versatility what you do so I'm excited about it
0: yeah absolutely and so is that kind of the continued plan moving forward is just to be that wide range or do you see yourself as like show venues start to open up and you get to get out and play you'll kind of start to hone in on one specific genre.
1: Yeah. That's not who I am. No, you know, okay. uh, no, it's really not. Uh, and, and it's cool. And I'm not saying that that's a good thing or a bad thing, uh, but it's really not, uh, not something that, that I like to do. Um, you know, I mean, I can rock it up, you know, I could blues it up. I could do all that. Right. And I do throughout the course of, you know, my, my, all my music and all my stuff, uh, but as far as saying I'm going to go out and play a two-hour rock show, yeah, could I? Yes. Just because you can doesn't mean you should, right? So I like that versatility, and I found, uh, particularly with my uh, audience and fan base, you know, across the globe, that they also kind of like that versatility because they don't really know what's coming, mm-hmm. right? Uh, look it's another bill album well what's it going to be is it going to be singer songwriter stuff is it going to be this is it going to be that what's he going to be talking about um, and and i enjoy that it keeps it fresh and interesting for me to jump around uh and the guys that play with me uh, to be honest with you they're far better musicians than i am i mean just far better right but they also enjoyed the fact that hey we're going to jump from kind of a a jazzy bluesy gig and we're going to go into some folk music or maybe we're going to jump into some country rock or some folk rock or yeah so they enjoy that as well so i i, I enjoy that versatility and to be honest with you i write that way yeah so if i'm going to record what i write it's just going to be what i write so, it
0: keeps it it keeps it entertaining Like it, yeah you know you're not playing the same set night after night when you're when you do get out to go play
1: yeah, yeah, you know, a, a lot of times like on my tour that I did last year, um, you know, it was a solo tour, so I just did it by myself, mm-hmm. right? And the versatility to be able to adapt to the environment and to adapt to the crowd and kind of change
0: mm-hmm.
1: um midway through the through the the show, right? To adapt more to where you are and what the folks are really responding to. There's a lot of value to that. In, instead of just going out, you know, full band and, and saying, "Okay, here's our set list. We're going to play these 15 songs, whether you know, or or die." Right. Yeah. So uh, there's a lot of versatility to it. I, I really enjoy that.
0: Yeah, yeah absolutely. So uh, since the last time we had you on, there's a something big changed for you. You officially retired, and so now you're essentially a full time musician. Uh, yeah. Or do you I consider that, yourself a Full time retired musician or retired full time. I don't I don't know how you'd word that, but. Well, I'm still trying to define
1: it. Okay. Right? So I think the, the last time you and I talked, we were whining about our nine to fives, right? So here yeah. we are in quarantine and we're locked up and we're, you know, doing nothing but Zoom meetings and stuff all day long. And, and uh, you know, it just sucks, right? It, it just sucks. And so in November 17th, November 17th, I ended uh, in retirement, my 43 and a half year career, uh, with a global company mm-hmm. and a uh, very fortunate, great company, great career. I uh, got to do a lot of really cool things. Got to meet a lot of really cool people, been all over the world, uh, doing what I did. And, um, uh, it was a great career. A lot of friends, a lot of good folks. We still, we still stay in touch. Right?
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and then you know, the, the music had always been something else that I did. You know, I can't really say that it was a hobby because I did so much of it, you know, yeah. but uh, yeah, it was always something else. And so I always had to find time, you know? And so, you know, I'm a somewhat structured guy. And so, you know, I would say, okay, Saturday and Sunday mornings for three to four hours, I'm working on music, whether I'm writing stuff or working on lyrics or whatever. This is my time. Yeah. And uh, when I retired, I found that uh, that structure has worked out quite well for me. Yeah. Right. And so you talk about a full time musician, and I'll always make a joke about it. I was a buddy of mine who is a full time musician and has been for many, many years. Uh, after about two weeks, called me up and he said, "So, man." what's it like being a full-time musician these days, right? Now that you don't have to do the corporate gig. And I said, I really know what that means because effectively what I'm doing is I'm sleeping till noon. I'm having a light breakfast. Uh, I'm playing my guitar for a couple of hours. Then I'm taking a nap. And then any the evening, I'm either watching Netflix and, and or playing video games. So evidently that's a full-time musician. Yeah. And of course, yeah he laughed, right? Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's uh it's challenging it's different you know yeah because all those years i had to make a space you know i had to make the time now i have the time yeah right so how do i really just expand that and and utilize that time uh most effectively uh for the music stuff and it's uh it's really interesting and i found that uh actually being able to take my time uh has, has created some stuff that uh from a musical standpoint that I think maybe is a little bit more interesting. Uh, so, you know, who knows? Of course, I got new music coming out. Right. So I've got to say that it's more interesting than what I've done in the past. I mean, that's yeah, just flavored self-promotion.
0: Yeah. I mean, I will say I didn't, uh, catch your, uh, live stream that you did earlier this March 1st. So that would have been Monday. Uh, yeah, there was one that
1: I did. Uh, there's a, uh, a group in Kansas city called the, uh, Kansas City Online Live Music Series, right? Okay. And uh, uh, they're a bunch of full-timers uh, that, uh, you know, are trying to find a way, you know, to stay current and stay active and stay engaged with their audiences and, and uh, uh, mean you know, give everybody a little bit of uh, entertainment. And so uh, they're friends of mine and, and some of the guys that run it, I, they record with me, yeah. you know? And so they called me and they said, hey, Bill, do you want to be on this thing? And I said, well, you know, you know, I I really, you know, I mean, they're playing for tips, right? Yeah. And so I said, I don't really want to take any money out of you guys' pocket. I mean, this is this is your livelihood. You know, I'm fortunate that I don't have to rely on it, you know, yeah. and uh, they said, no, 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 man. Come on and play. Come on and do a couple of shows. So I've done uh, two or three for them. I think the one that you saw was probably the latest one. Yeah. Um, and uh, what we've chosen to do with that uh, is any any tips uh, that folks send me, I just turn around and send it to them, and uh, you know the folks that are doing this whole process and this whole thing. So, uh, you know those things get expensive. There's technology involved. You know the game, right? Yep. yep and right. so uh, uh, you know if if folks that listen to my stuff and support my stuff um, want to help out, you know, and they you know send me a Venmo or a PayPal or whatever. I just turn it right around and and give it right back to them and and help them um, to keep going with what they're doing. Because as much as Texas uh, is opening up, I'm not so sure that everybody else in in the states is going to open up quite that quickly. Though, that said, I got several notifications today that uh, some of the venues in the Kansas City area are now starting to you know, get music back in and have have the musicians back in, you know, with some limited audience, right? But yeah, um, yeah, yeah, so maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's all going to kick off and go like wildfire now.
0: Who knows? Well, because, I mean, that's, you got to kind of read the fine print of what everyone's doing and, like, what a lot of the state mandates are because I know, like, during, like, the heat of COVID, like, when COVID was, like, everything was spiking and stuff like that, uh, they would allow restaurants to bring in music, but it was just there. Like, you weren't allowed to promote it as a music show. You were literally just playing at a venue to be atmospheric music as people wait in line for their food. It's, so, like, it's one of those...
1: So you're background music, right? Yeah, you're, you're so...
0: essentially background music. You can't promote the fact... Yeah that you're there performing. People can't come there just to see you. They have to just so happen to come and get food while you're playing.
1: Well, if, if that kept some musicians, you know, on the payroll and, and making money, I'm all, I'm all about it. Yep, you know, absolutely. I, I wouldn't do that. You know, I, I wouldn't do that. But uh, other folks do, you know. But there's been some really creative stuff. that has happened through all this, right? So I've got some friends of mine, and they play in a, uh, you know, I call it a cover band, right? But they've got a list of songs, man, on their website that's like 800 songs long, right? And pick pick a band, right? Anything from ACDC to Johnny Cash, you know? And what they do, and God bless them, because I mean, this takes, they got to have a set to pull this off, right? What they do is they go live stream with using this black magic voodoo technology called jam Kazam. Okay. So they're not together. They're all at their different houses spread out all over Kansas city. And then Sutton in the middle of this is a guy that's mixing sound that they're all sending to him and managing the video feeds from all of these different guys, and then he posts that out on Facebook, right? Oh, wow. And I don't know what kind of black magic voodoo hell it is. I don't want to be involved. I don't want to know. Yeah. <laughs> but it works, right? Yeah. And, uh, you know, they open this thing up, and they'll play two or three songs that, you know, that they play all the time. And from then on out, you're in the chat. You're in the messages. Yeah. And you're just requested, right? Oh, so it's all wild. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. And so, and so, you know, it'd be different if they were all standing around going, hey, man, I think this is in C, let's go, you yeah. know? But they're in completely different places, and they're like, oh, pound it off, here we go, you know? Yeah. And so, you know, they're friends of mine, Yeah, uh-huh. right? And so I like to mess with them, you know? So it's all I'll ask, it won't be on their list, right? Yeah. I'll ask for some random song from some random place, you know? And oftentimes, if they don't play at that show, they play every Wednesday night. Yeah. If they don't play it on that show, they will on the next one. You
0: know? That's funny Because they
1: use this technology to practice as yeah. well, you know? And uh, it's really fascinating to me. And since they've been doing it, evidently there's a community out there, a global community with this Jam Kazam thing, right? Yeah. And they're playing with people from England and from Canada and from all over the place. Wow. And uh, now they've figured out ways that these people can join them for a song or two. It's the craziest thing ever. But you just have to sit back in awe and say, how cool is that Oh yeah. that folks have found a way man they found a way to stay active and they found a way to stay viable you know yeah. i think it's so cool
0: absolutely i actually had a in uh there's a but a guy that we met doing a bunch of bluegrass festivals down in the keys every january uh-huh. um he's been doing continuous or er, daily live streams every day uh-huh. he's been in lockdown and he's calling it his uh quarantine couch tour or something like that oh yeah yeah and so like every once in a while you'll like he when he first started it was like his front porch so it'd be like he'd just do it out on his front porch and then people would start gathering from around the town they'd sit in their front yards and just listen to him play and then as he started building his following and building his notoriety he'd uh built a set in like his back room i guess uh and so he, now he's got a set and then just for a spice of life every once in a while he'll go play at a friend's friend's place just yeah. so it's like a couch tour and yeah. he's up to 350 some sweet. odd shows like that no
1: that's that's rough. sweet
0: See, i think that's great that that's that's people being
1: smart and being creative you yeah. know uh, it, it's one thing to look at our situation and, 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 uh, you know, feel sorry for yourself, but, oh my God, I can't work and I can't get out and I've got to stay here. And, uh, it, or you could look at it and say, what can I do to learn from this? Right. Yep. Yep. And, uh, when I, when I see things like that, you know, and these friends of mine that are doing all this live stream and stuff, it, it's, uh, uh, you know, kudos to them. You know, I've done a bunch of the live stream stuff. I do it from right here. Yeah, matter of fact, if you if you look right here, there's my microphone. Yep. Seriously. So you know, I just do them all from right here, turn on the camera, and play for a while. You know, Uh, but some of the the creative stuff that people have done is really really impressive, and not just from a musical standpoint. Even some of the the businesses, some of the creativity that they've used to stay viable and to keep uh you know to keep their finances flowing, you know, and keep money coming in. I it's impressive to me. So it's, I think that as bad as the quarantine sucks and we've now been in it for a year, we were talking, right? Yep. As bad as it sucks, but I'm feeding my dog, by the way, this is what this is all about. As bad as it sucks. You could look at it and go, man, what have we learned? I'll guarantee you, I have learned a ton uh, about technical stuff. Yep. Right. Because you have to, Yep. right. And uh, you know, I mean, it's, it's one thing to put your phone out in front of you and just play acoustic, right? But that's yep. not what I do, you know? Yeah. They had to figure out how to run your mixers and plug it all in and get the right cameras and do all this junk, you know? And, and uh, I've learned a lot, you know? But I haven't learned, nor do I, am I brave enough to do that whole jam, kazam, oh my God, black voodoo stuff. Uh, it works, and God bless them for doing it, right? Yeah. And I watch them every week. You know, cause I think it's fascinating, yeah. you know, right. uh, it, it's almost like going to a NASCAR race, you know, yeah. you just sit there and wait for the train wreck, Yep. you know, and it, it never happens. They pull yeah. it off and God
0: bless them. Yeah. Cause like just trying to wrap my head around how that happens and how they're able to stay in sync with each other. Yeah. Like, like, I mean, I, I get the concept of like re-syncing everything you know, as you go, because that's a relatively easy concept. But when like, so even between you and me talking right now, there's like a half second delay. Yeah. You've got latency. It's technology. It is what it is. And in music, that half second is everything. Like for a conversation, it's not that crazy. It's like, Oh, it just sounds like a natural pause. But if you start playing guitar and then your bass player is a half second behind you, yeah, that, that, that's... Yeah,
1: and how they do it is fascinating to me, and, and and to be honest with you, I'm a bit of a butt. I'm a bit of a butthead, right? <laughs> and so, I'll go through their list, and I will find some song that is in some funky key and some funky tempo, and, and every there's a couple of them where the tempo actually changes from four 3-4 to 4-4 four and back, right? Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's the ones I request right they're they're getting rushed for bill i want to hear you guys play rush go ahead do it you know the other night they played uh some kansas that has the same thing where you know uh time signatures change in the middle of the song and they did it they did it when they got done they just kind of went you know because they pulled it off but uh yeah, no, I don't know how it works. I don't want to know how it works. I'm just glad that it does. And I'm glad that it's working out for them and they're able to take advantage of it. So I think it's cool.
0: Yeah, absolutely. One thing that I always like talking about with musicians, that especially during quarantine, that have actively been doing the live streaming like you have, what's been the hardest thing for you to get over doing the live streams that you wouldn't normally have to deal with? Uh,
1: well I, I think so I'm gonna call myself a little bit different okay right because my live streams though I kind of produce them up a little bit yeah. are a, the same way that I practice right so it's not uncommon for me to practice three or four hours a day right mm-hmm. And so really the difference is I have kind of a set list that I never pay attention to right and I turn on the camera that's that's really the difference I might put on a shirt you know. Other than a, you know an old beat up sweatshirt or something, but there's really not a lot of not a lot of difference for me um, because I do it all the time anyway. You know this is where I play, this is where I practice, this is where I write, this is where I live, so it's not that big a deal for me. I mean you have to be cognizant of you know making sure that your internet's fast and you know yeah. all that stuff. You know reset all your junk. You know, but really other than that for me, uh, it's not that big a difference uh probably the big difference is there's no people yeah right and yeah. so you have nothing you know to draw any energy from so you have to create yep. it all yourself right yeah. uh, uh, but you know i've been known to say i don't like people right, right. and so uh playing you know like i have in, in in my loft i mean i have tons of stuff right i'm i'm fascinated with uh, native american art and all that you know and so it's it's not like i don't have eyes looking at me they're just in a painting or in a statue or you know whatever um uh, but i could see where that could be a challenge for a lot of people right i could see that and you know we talked about the lag you know one of the things that i try to do in these in these live streams is keep people engaged so i play games right mm-hmm. yeah during the show and and uh uh, I'll play covers, which is not something I do a lot of, right? But I'll play covers and, and the, uh, the game may be, okay, Tom, uh, I'm going to play this song. You have to tell me who the artist is, who wrote it, and what album it was on, uh-huh. right? And so then people are looking at it. Maybe they know, maybe they don't. Maybe they're burning up Google, you know? Yeah. But I mean, how long can you stare at me over a two-hour show anyway, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. And so, you know, it keep, it gets people engaged and uh, they kind of enjoy it, and uh, you know, on occasion, um, you know, I'll uh, I'll give away some promo item, you know, like like yeah. you know, an album or a T-shirt, or you know, I had some uh, 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 as a flagrant self-promotion. I did have some Bill Abernathy specific masks yeah. made up, right? So there, yeah. there was a lady that that and that figured out a really hard one the other day uh, during the. Uh, during the live stream and so you know i've got i'm i sent her a mask you know yeah and it just keeps people engaged you know and then uh but the challenge with that is the latency right, right? because i'm halfway through the next song when they're answering the first song yeah right and so it, it, it makes it a little bit hard yeah. and, and it's really hard to have a conversation with people that you know are going to hear it you know 15 20 seconds from now that's yeah. tough
0: yeah it know? really is it like yeah. the the lag and just because like there's a few people that i follow that do like a casual show where they'll play a couple songs and then they'll like talk with the audience and i'll ask a question like just for instance i'll ask a question and then like 20 seconds later when it goes through they're already into their next song and it's like oh well that's unfortunate but. Yeah,
1: yeah, it is what it is, especially when you're trying to to uh, recognize somebody, you mm-hmm. know. So, uh, let, let's just say, for example, this person that, that gets this really tough thing, right? Yes. Her name is Kathy. Yeah. Right. And so, like, you know, a song later, you're saying, hey, Kathy got it right. Kathy gets a mask, you know, and it's like nobody cares anymore. You know, they've moved on into yeah. something else, right?
0: So. Yeah, absolutely. But you, uh, you brought up a good thing. Like when we first uh, jumped on here, I was talking about my radio show. And one of the things we started doing was uh, starting incorporating some games to draw fan engagement and stuff like that. And so we started doing this thing called Guess That Groove. Yeah and basically we take the baseline of iconic rock songs play it and people have to guess what song it is so in the uh, kind of in the same realm as you but we chose the baseline because it's not always going to be the dead giveaway
1: yeah yeah yeah
0: yeah now that's brutal
1: that's almost like name that tune man that's that's a little tough yeah um, and you know there, there's some you know there's some that are that are are pretty easy you know yeah they're really well-known songs by really well-known singer songwriter types you know and everybody knows that like if i started playing fire and rain by james taylor you would know the song in the first two bars right easy right yeah so what i do is is uh and it has a bit uh to do with my musical pace right so you know i love the hits you know we've all heard them a million times right yep um and and they're great not to say that they're not but I tend to like songs that are deeper on the albums that maybe didn't get the airplay right and so that makes it a little bit more interesting especially when uh, you know there's songs that that everybody if they understand the style of the artist you know mm-hmm. maybe the guitar style or the bass player you know I mean if, if you played a I'll I'll date myself now, right? But if you, if you played a Leland Sklar bass line, right? There are bass players out there that would say that's Leland Sklar, right? Yeah. Because he's just that famous, and he played with everybody, you know? Um, but uh, some people you know, some people can't do that. You know? yeah. And if you really want to get interesting, right? Uh, and you're playing a song that you know everybody knows, yeah. right? Ask them what it means. What does this song mean? What is this singing about? So one of the, one of the ones that I, I, it fascinates me, I started doing this when I was on tour uh, because I was playing to a lot of younger audiences, right? Which was one of the goals of my tour to see if, if what I do could translate yeah. uh, to a, a younger audience. And so I started doing this and I played some really classic songs by you know the, my, my generation guys, right? And they'd all heard them. know because i would play the ones that were on the radio you know but then i'd ask them you know if you want you know a free cd or free t-shirt or whatever you have to tell me what this song is about Mm -hmm. right and for the first time many of these people really never listened to the lyrics right i mean they might even know the lyrics but they didn't analyze them to try to figure out what the heck the the artist is talking about. And the best one ever, the best one ever, and it happens every show, okay, is Jackson Brown, okay? Mm -hmm. Classic artist, right? Been around forever, has great hits, right? But if you play Jackson Brown's Rosie, you know this song?
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, It sounds familiar. Okay, so if you play Jackson Brown's Rosie and you say, okay, everybody's going to know it's Jackson Brown. I mean, the song says Rosie all over it, right? Yeah. Everybody's going to know that, but what is the song about, right? Mm-hmm. And then people lock in and they focus. And I remember I was playing in St. Louis and, and uh, there were some people that I knew from from my corporate gig, right? Okay that were there and they were all engaged. They were trying to figure this out, you know, cause what the hell is this corporate guy doing? He's up here playing guitar and telling stories and talking about songs. And what is it all about? And I remember I'm playing through Rosie. Okay. And the lyric goes uh, in the, uh, this is Wharf, by the way, I'm, I'm, he's going to gain 20 pounds during our interview <laughs> here tonight. Uh, but the, the lyric in the, uh, in the chorus goes Rosie, you're all right. You wear my ring. When I turn out the lights, I've got to hand it to me. Looks like it's me and you again tonight, Rosie. Yeah. Right. Well, we all know who Rosie is. Here's Rosie. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But nobody put that together. And I'm up playing and I'm talking about this. And it fascinates me to watch the audience, especially when they get really engaged and they're really locked and loaded. You can tell they're trying to figure out what that's about. Yeah, And there was this one cat. This was a big old guy. He was probably, I don't know, four, like 260, all cut and buff and, you know, really, you know, rough and tumble looking, you know, yeah. and he's really focused in. And all of a sudden, Rosie, you're all right. You wear my ring. When I turn out the lights, I've got to hand it to me. And he just goes, oh, my God, you know, and it was freaking great. You know, it was great. But see, that's an example of of different ways, you know, that you could engage people, you know?
0: Absolutely. You'd mentioned that um, you don't usually do a lot of cover songs, but uh, during the uh, quarantine and doing like a lot more live streaming, you bring them in every so often. So what's been your favorite cover song to perform? Uh, Oh my God. Uh, Or or some of them. Better question. (laughs) Yeah. What let me tell you my most, favorite. One. What has been the most challenging cover song for you to play? Okay, so that's an easy answer. Okay,
1: okay. And so I did this thing uh, right at the very beginning. I still do it a little bit um, uh, to support local businesses, right? Mm-hmm. And so the gig is is that you know people would send me uh, a uh, a song that they wanted to hear me play. Pick a song, doesn't matter. Okay, and I would then record. And make a video of that song, post it on Facebook, right? Yeah. And in return, all I asked for them to do was go and support a local business. You know, buy something take it out, or you know, get something from their website, buy a gift card. And people did it, and it was really cool. And then as it went on, it got harder and harder. Yeah. You know, so people that knew me and know my stuff, you know, they were they were picking like, oh, you know, play our house by Crosby, Stills and Nash. Yeah. I'm good that I could pull off, right? Then it got more interesting, right? Mm -hmm. And so I got a request to play a song. Now, you know me, you know my music, right? I'm an acoustic guitar player. That's what I do, right? I got a song, a request to play Meat Loaf's Two Out of Three Ain't Bad, okay? Now... I'm not a fan just saying nothing wrong with meatloaf and if you're a fan more power to you you know yeah but if you look at the lyrics of that song they make no sense yeah right I mean they don't make any sense at all but this person was supporting the local business and that was the gig you know I'll play anything that you want me to play you know as long as I'm not going to get you know kicked off of Facebook for it right Yeah. and there were a few of those by the way yeah but uh, uh you know, I'll play it, but you got to support, right? With those person, had, you know, they went out and a hundred dollar gift card or something, you know? And yeah. so I've got to do this song, you know, Meat meatloaf's two out of three, ain't bad. So I did it. You can find it on bill Abernathy singer songwriter it's out there, but I will have to tell you that I had a little bit of fun with it. I kind of turned it into a parody if you would, because the lyrics are so bad. Uh, and I wore sunglasses to maintain my anonymity. So that that was the weirdest one okay. that I had to do. Uh, the hardest one, to be honest with you, uh, came from my granddaughter. Okay. You know, My granddaughter, she's four, right? And she's a Disney person, right? Yeah. And so she, when she comes over to my house, you know, she gets to sing in the microphone and put on the headphones and do all that. You know, and she thinks that's fun, right? she's watching and i'm playing some song you know and i had announced that you know somebody had requested a song and you know here we go here's the video right and she says i think i want papa to play the theme song from frozen for me
0: i knew that one was coming i knew coming and baby it's out there
1: i did it it was a beast uh you know i know it's hard to believe with with these vocal cords at 63 years old but you know maybe busted out let it go was not within my wheelhouse but i did it and her mother uh, supported a local business so you know
0: i'm more i'm more interested how you pulled it off on guitar because that feels like it's more of a piano song is it not
1: well i mean god bless you for bringing that up yes it is yeah um and so you know i had to convert it but it, it actually sounds pretty good okay you know uh, it's I, like, you know, people that called in and, and, uh, you know, did an Elton John, you yeah. know, there were several Elton Johns and I'm going people, I'm a guitar player, stop the madness, you know, Yeah. but that was one of the challenging things, right? Okay. The whole thing is because I had to learn songs that I would never learn before. And so yeah. I learned something, you know, I okay. picked up a few little techniques and a few little things while I was cussing, uh, the people that, that requested piano songs from a guitar player. So,
0: yep. Yeah. I was at a show once last year where an acoustic guitar, uh, like solo acoustic guitar player started playing Piano Man on the guitar. Yeah. I was like, this is so wrong on so many yeah. levels. Yeah. Yeah. I, there's I just some I cannot sit here and be a witness to this tragedy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I have to tell you, you know, anytime that you open that Pandora's box, yeah. right? Of taking requests, you have no idea what you're about to get into, right? Yep. And what are you know? You're a music guy, right? So if you're you know playing in a live venue in a bar or something, and you're taking requests, what songs are you going to get asked? Good. Well, you have to play Free Bird. Yeah. Free Bird. You have to play Free Bird, and of course, you have to play Stairway to Heaven. Yeah. And so I'm an acoustic guitar guy, right? I'm not going to play Freebird.
0: I can't, yeah. you know,
1: and make it anywhere near close and stairway to heaven. Really? Yeah. You know, that whole as I'm drawing all down, I'm not going to do that, you know? Yeah. It's- so there's a guy, and I can't take credit for this because I stole it, right? Yeah. There's a guy named Monty Montgomery, uh, who does kind of an acoustic guitar gig. And uh he got tired of the of getting those same two requests all the time. So what he did was a mashup of the two songs,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and he calls it Stairway to Free Bird, right? Oh no. So you play Stairway to Heaven, yeah. right, and you sing Free Bird lyrics. It's freaking spectacular. I did it. It was fun it's out there bill Abernathy singer songwriter on facebook stairway to heaven or stairway to Freebird. ladies and gentlemen you too get nice. enjoy this mashup it's interesting
0: yeah that's awesome i'm gonna have to check that out because i definitely did not see that well uh, well
1: you have to dig it there's a bunch of those things out there you know i, I did a, a lot of those so
0: yeah. it, when i was living when i used to live out in new mexico there's a musician that i had met and we did a little bit of work together. And he absolutely hated Freebird with a passion. He hates the song with a passion, as I'm sure many live performing musicians do. Uh, And so I knew it got under his skin. So anytime he was having like a rough show just to try and ease the tension, I would catcall Freebird as I'm like walking out of the building. Yeah, yeah. It would always go for a good laugh, but he's laughing for a different reason than everybody else is laughing.
1: Of course, right? So. It's like uh, you know, back in the day, right? The the one, you know, there'd be some cat in the back of the room yelling, "Play rippling waters." I don't even know that song, but there was always some guy rippling waters, you know, okay. whatever, you know. Yeah, I did enjoy uh, uh, when I was on tour. You'll get a kick out of this. It was actually in Texas. Okay, uh, I was playing in Houston. Okay. And uh, there were a bunch of people there that were somewhat familiar with my music, and there was a dude in the back. Uh, and and I'm gonna I'm gonna use a little bit of a stereotype, so don't okay. don't, don't this this is a story, right? I'm not okay. trying to depict the news, right? Uh, there was a guy in the back, you know, and he was a cowboy, you know. He had on the jeans and the boots and the hat and the whole nine yards, right? And he was listening, right? He was really into it. And uh, uh, about, I don't know, two, three songs into, into the show, he yelled out, hey, Bill, can you play that, that song about that hot mess in a red sequin dress? Well, this is my song called Can't Go Back. Right? Okay. And there is a line in there uh, that talks about a hot mess in a red sequin dress. And I was kind of impressed with that, number one, that he listened to the song, and number two, that he actually, he didn't know the title of the song, but he knew... One yeah. of the lines of the song. So that was that was fun for me.
0: Yeah. Nice. That's uh and that was down in Houston, you said? Yeah, it was down in Houston. Uh I don't remember which
1: venue. But yeah, no, it's good time. Good time down in down in Houston. Yeah. Texas Texas I, this, Texas I do remember about the venue. I had to park two blocks away at home, my gear two blocks. Yeah. That, that I was pretty excited about. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And that... I that's one reason why I stay away from going to shows in city settings, just for that exact reason. It's like, even if, like, I don't play music, I don't pretend to play music, but just that idea of having to walk two blocks carrying video equipment, it's like, oh yeah, nope, ain't doing it, ain't ain't doing it. Yep. So.
1: Yeah, no, it is brutal, and and uh, fortunately. That was a plug and play, so all I had to carry was my guitars.
0: Yeah, I got you.
1: Everything else was taken care of. There, there were a few shows where, uh, uh, you know, I had to do the whole gig, and and that's that's a bit brutal. But that yeah. particular night, um, of course, as you can see behind me, I have, have a few, uh, and uh, I play in a lot of alternate tunings, and I right. refuse to tune on stage. So whatever tunings I'm playing in that night is how many guitars I take.
0: Gotcha. So so since you brought it up uh last time i know we had talked about the wall of guitars that is behind you uh have you added anything new to the wall or is it all pretty much well i'm gonna move the camera oh over there in the corner you have to see it
1: through my microphone yep is my banjo yep uh and so i've added the banjo uh, uh because i needed it for the world's foremost authority on everything song there's a stables plug uh but uh, uh that one i've added uh i haven't bought any other new ones yeah um because the ones that i want uh i can't find you know okay. they're you know i'm old man you know i my hair didn't turn this gray and my and my forehead get that big in use right so yeah uh uh the the guitars that i look for are a little hard to come by and so when i find them i'll buy them but just to go out and buy a new one is not something i'm gonna
0: yeah just to go buy a new one to buy a new one doesn't seem necessary or i got i got
1: enough you know hell i got three i got three 12 strings hanging up there i got two nine strings i've got three six strings if I can't make the right noise and a banjo, if I can't make the right noise with those, plus the ones that aren't on the wall, like my less balls and, and all those, yeah, uh, yeah, I should probably give it up. Maybe that's a little too anal retentive to you. You make the noise with that kind of guitar.
0: Yeah. I remember the first time I saw somebody play, I don't even th- I think it was more than a 12 string guitar. I think, because I think maybe it was a 16.
1: That- yeah, there, there's all kinds of different configurations, but the thing right now, and it's fascinating to me. I watch them on on uh, YouTube all the time. Mm-hmm. Is these guys and gals that are playing harp guitars? Okay, right. So part of it looks like a guitar,
0: yeah. right?
1: And then down on the bottom of it, there's a whole bunch of strings that are going at a completely different angle. And then up here, there's this bow looking like thing that's got a bunch of strings on it. And they're like playing along and this is bass and this is treble and, and I yeah. love it. I think it's beautiful. Right. It's great sound. Yeah. Um, I had a friend of mine call me and he said, you got to check this out. You could play this. And I'm going, man, I'm 63. I'm, I'm good enough. I got enough strings back here to deal with. I, I don't need to be learning how to play, you know, 18 other ones or something. Yeah. You know,
0: but, yeah. uh, if,
1: you, if you get a chance, check that out on harp guitars. I uh, will uh,
0: like uh, I I have not it. seen a harp guitar before, but yeah. I'm definitely gonna. You're gonna keep me up all night just looking up things that I well, drink some coffee. You know? Yeah, that's that's <laughs> true. um. So, to to kind of bring it back to your music a little bit, you you just got out of the studio today. How how's it how's it feel to be pretty much back in the studio recording and all that fun stuff. Oh, it's my
1: favorite place, mm-hmm. to be honest with you. I mean, I would much rather, uh, well, I should I should preface this. Uh, the studio is my favorite place. Okay? Yeah. I love working in the studio. I love the creativity. I love the flexibility. You can try stuff that you would certainly never try any other time. Uh, you can do all that. And, and I actually, uh, I enjoy it as much maybe a bit more than playing live and the only reason is um is because of that that freedom that you have you know when you're playing live you got to kind of have your crap together you know yeah. you can't just decide oh well crap I wonder what it'd be like if we keys right here you know you just can't do that you know live and so uh I enjoy playing live and I love it uh I don't enjoy setting up and tearing down which I'm sure you can relate yeah. Oh, yeah. right the whole play in part that's fine yeah um,
0: that, that's I why remember, I, when I usually am doing something I set up once and that's it like yeah we're yeah. done I don't tear down
1: I remember the good old days when I had long curly afro hair and and uh was young and hard-bodied and pretty and people would bring my guitars to me on stage you know I didn't have to do any of that work but uh those days were over but uh uh, I really enjoyed the studio. And, and, uh, when you have a day, like today, we had a really good day, you know, it, it's just like any other job, right? Sometimes you go in and you just, you got it going on, you know, and, uh, you're making really cool stuff and things are working and, you know, it's just fun, you know, it's just fun. And then there's other days when you go in, this happened uh, a couple of weeks ago, I was doing this really intricate guitar part, um, On one of the new songs, and you know, when you're in the studio, you have to do everything in perfect time, right? Uh, The click track is not my friend. Yeah, saying, right? Um, Playing with a click track is easy when you're playing rock and roll, or when you're playing, you know, country or or you know something that's just like you know four four time, easy money, right? Uh, Even the banjo, I played the freaking banjo in time, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, But when I've got all my fingers going doing this it's tough to play in perfect time and i just couldn't pull it off that day and so finally after a couple of times i just said yeah this dog ain't hunting today we're gonna have to do it another time and we went on and move something else and You can't do that live no you saying. can't you can't just say that I, that ain't happening i'm changing right yeah so uh yeah but i i the studio is my favorite place and, and it's fun and i enjoy it and and uh you know the other musicians are so talented you know yeah. that uh you know when they tell you you suck you kind of pay attention you know yeah. other people tell you you suck you kind of go oh you don't know what you're talking about but these guys they tell you you suck you might want to pay attention
0: yeah or fun yeah. yeah you know it, it's one of those things where it's like you're in a room with people that you're on the same level as or in the same atmosphere, I guess is the better way to word it. Um, and so when they say something, you respect it and you listen. Whereas when you're at a show and they say, somebody says you suck, it's just kind of like, ooh, wait, what? That, well, you know, I mean,
1: everybody has different tastes, you know, and and, yeah. and I'm sure that there are a lot of people that think I suck. You're right. Uh, there are also a bunch of people who don't. So, you know, everybody has different tastes. They have to have a right to have their own tastes. I'm yep. good with that.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'll
1: be the first guy to tell you that when I suck, I suck. Yeah. You know, I'll tell you that. God, that just sucked. I was playing uh, that, I think the live stream that you uh, that you were talking about the other day. Yeah. Um, I forgot the words to a song, you know, which is, is, is not a bill thing. I mean, yeah. that just doesn't happen to me. And I don't use cheat sheets and yeah. iPads and all that. You know, it's all in my head. And I just flat went brain dead, you know? Yeah. And so, you know, live, I just said, hey, yeah, we're moving on. I, this one this one is not coming by to visit today. Maybe yeah. it'll come by it, next time.
0: Yeah. It's one of those things when you own it, people tend to respect it more or tend to be a lot more forgiving. Like uh-huh. you, you, you sit there and it, it's you're playing and you, you just don't remember the songs or you, it's yeah. just not there. Right. I've seen several musicians doing live streams that they'll jump into a song that they're not a hundred percent sure about, and yeah, sorry. I- yeah,
1: well, you know, I think it's it's what's important, right? Is you have to be able to laugh at yourself, you know. Yeah. I mean, I make mistakes. Yeah. You know, and when I do, you know, I've gotten better. I've really gotten better about this. I was. Uh, uh, you know, there's, there's some people that have been my fans for years, years, years. Yeah. I mean, like 40 years, yeah. right? Long time. Yeah. And uh, they will bring back some of the things that I used to do when I was young. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've always been a bit of a practice freak because the last thing that I want to be thinking about when I'm playing is my hands. Right. I don't want to have to look at them. I just want them to go where they're supposed to go automatically so I could focus on the song and the delivery of the lyrics and the story and all all that stuff which to me is the most important part of the song and I was this friend of mine uh, in North Carolina has been a fan forever and uh, she sent me a note right after Facebook and she said I want you to know that I'm proud of you and I said well why you know I thought I played pretty well, but I mean, it wasn't like spectacular, you know? And she said, I saw you make a mistake and you didn't go, <laughs> from, which is what I would do when I was a kid. I'd make a mistake and go boom, you know, just like that.
0: Yeah. I didn't
1: do it. So, you know, I'm better now. Yeah. Maybe I don't care as much or anyway, whatever.
0: Or you're not a sti- like if it's a, cause you, you'll know, or the one thing that I've noticed, especially working with musicians is as long as you don't make a big deal about yeah. the mistake, nine times out of 10, people don't know. Yeah. yeah. You know? I'll never
1: forget that I had a music teacher college, right? Yeah. And uh, it was, you know, vocal performance, right? That's what it was all about, right? Vocal performance class. And this was one of the things that they talked about. What do you do when you forget the words? And I remember emphatically that he get a college class with, you know, hundreds of people there. And this, you know, supposedly guru standing in front of us telling us about this the same with the Met and you know, did all this operatic stuff. And they just simply said, vowels are your friends. If you forget the words, start saying vowels, A-E-I-O-U. And you could get through it until your mind kicks back in. Yeah. So everybody does it, you know?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And if it's a song that everybody knows nine times out of 10, they'll be singing right along with you. So.
1: Yeah. I also have another friend who uh, they're that person, right? They know all the lyrics to all the songs, right? All the cover songs, all of my songs. Well, you know, I believe there's such a thing as artistic license, right? And so I don't always sing my songs exactly the way that I recorded them.
0: Yeah, You know, I may
1: change a lyric or two or,
0: you know. That's kind of what makes a live performance unique Yeah, is you're not going to get the same thing that's on the recording if there's a, you know, yeah. So go ahead. Sorry. So the
1: other day I'm playing, and and I get done with the thing, and and I get a message. You said this in the middle of that song. It changed the meaning of the song, Bill. You can't do that. And I'm going. You are the only person on the freaking planet that knows that I did that, right? But to them, it's important, you know. Yeah. So I'll guarantee you the next time I play that song, I will not change that lyric. I will go back to standard, you know. So yeah,
0: I got you absolutely. Is.
1: But it's cool that people know that. You yeah, know? Abs- I mean, absolutely. I'm just an old cat, you know, sitting in a in a loft in Kansas City feeding treats to my dog while you and I are talking, right? And there are people all over the world that say, you know, you sang your lyric wrong. Well, that's cool that people know that. You know, I'm sorry that I suck and I did it, but it's cool that you know it.
0: So. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But I don't want your dog to gain 20 pounds during this interview because it seems like the dog just wants some attention.
1: Well, you know, Worf, uh, his name is Worf, W-O-R-F. so you know where uh, that name came from, exactly, that's part of the game. See, I always introduce Worf in my shows because inevitably he makes an appearance, right? But if you know where that came from, right? that's extra bonus points. And so you get stuff, right? So I'm yeah. not sending you stuff, but, you know? <laughs> um, yeah. But he's, uh, he's got what I call the zoomies, you know, this happens, you know, about yeah. twice a day. He just goes ballistic. He's nine month old pup. Right? Yeah. And uh, he, he's he's, uh, he's, he's in zoomie mode right now. So, uh, yeah.
0: Gotcha. And right before bedtime, right before he passes out, he's got to go burn off that last little bit of energy
1: yes he does
0: that's a fact that's a fact yep now Worf, that was all my dad's doing because of him we watched all co- all the different star uh star trek uh series the original series Deep space nine next oh, generation yeah. yeah you know all that stuff so yeah if uh well i'm gonna sound like a nerd
1: but what the hell right yeah uh, if our society would watch Star Trek yeah. and understand the concepts behind what Star Trek was talking about, we would be a better society, just oh, saying. I believe it. You know, Star Trek, you know, Rodberry and, and, and those folks, you know, they were really visionaries. And, and uh, you know, some of the, the racial stuff, you know, that we have, uh, okay. Today, they covered back in the 60s, yep. you know, yep. and uh, uh, it really, of course, I'm a sci-fi guy. You know, yeah. I love science fiction and, and uh, you know, we now have, you know, what some people are calling cancel culture, mm-hmm. uh, which is directly out of 1984, George Orwell, you know, and, and so, you know, I draw all these correlations to Next
0: time fiction. we sit down and do a podcast... I need to try and make a concerted effort to get Jeff, my sound engineer on, because I think you and him, just listening to you and him chat would be entertaining in and of itself. Was he a truckie? No, just, just a lot of this, like, well, first off, he's a music, he's actually a musician. So a lot of the uh, music stuff that we're, we were talking about, he'd understand it a little bit more than I would, but he quotes Orwell, uh, like uh, 1984, and all that stuff. Uh, Star Trek, I'm not hundred percent sure, but nah. i wouldn't be surprised if he was. So,
1: nah. well, you know, if I, when we do that, uh, I'll have to remember to wear my shirt. Right. Uh-huh. So I have a shirt, a T-shirt that was given to me by a fan because there's a in the in the uh, song "Cry Wolf." Yeah. Uh, there's a reference to George Orwell uh-huh. in, in that song, right? And a friend of mine sent me a shirt that just said, can we please make George Orwell fiction again? You know, because we see so much of it, you know, yeah. showing and itself in, in our society today. So
0: And actually it's kind of funny you brought that up because uh towards the end of my work day, I, I've gotten into this really weird habit of turning on Netflix and YouTube yeah. TV throughout yeah. the day because I'm like working here by myself. And so it's like well, I'm gonna watch a movie or something just so that there's like some ambient noise. And today I was watching Enemy of the State with uh, Will yeah. Smith, yeah, and I great was show. Like, I was watching it. And I'm like, it's so weird to think back in the mid to late '90s, we thought all that stuff that they talk about in that movie was like weird conspiracy theories. Yeah, and, yeah. and now it's everyday. Yep. So, yep, yeah. Yep. Yeah. But to uh, real quick to side back to the Star Trek thing, have you watched the uh, new series, the uh, Discovery, right?
1: Yes. And
0: Picard. And Picard.
1: Well, Picard is a great series. I've watched Discovery, uh, and, and I enjoy it. I I think I think it's a good series, but Picard, Jean Luc Picard. Yeah. This is the show. I mean, okay. it's really, really good. So it, it invests some time in it. Yeah, it's I, good. I'm going to have,
0: I, now that you brought that up, I forgot that that was a thing. But now that you brought it up, I do remember seeing all the ads.
1: No, no, it, it's a, it's a, um, well, you know, I mean, we've been in quarantine for a year. What else do you had to do, right? Now there's, I mean, only, there's only so much times, guitar there's there's I can play. There's only, only much
0: the, or uh, the uh, tiger king
1: exactly not no i can't i can't go over there but uh uh yeah you know what else do you have to do i mean i've watched the entire uh, uh all right so the dork alert here comes the dork alert yeah i've watched all the original star treks i've watched all the generation uh and i'm i'm halfway through deep space nine at this nice. point so you know i love it uh, and then the card. Is a great show, you know that. There's the Mandalorian, which is the Star Wars thing, yep. uh, which is is well worth your time to watch. Yep. It's a good show. Yep. So, yeah.
0: Actually, the one Star Trek series that I actually really enjoyed, and it's a little bit of a weird one. It's uh, Enterprise, the one that came out. Oh yeah, no,
1: that's a good one.
0: The yeah. early two thousands. It was only on for a few seasons, yeah, but it, it, was no. those, it was one of those things you where didn't it was, go wrong. Yeah. It, it was one of those things like me and my that's what me and my dad would do on whenever it came on Wednesday nights, Thursday nights, whatever it was, we'd sit down and watch it. And that was just kind of our thing. We'd sit there and watch it together. So Yeah. 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 And because I had a couple seen- other
1: things that I've done, uh since we're talking about television. Um I'm a big fan of uh, you know, I like weird shows. Yeah science fiction stuff like And uh, uh, I'm I'm now about halfway through the 11 seasons of The X-Files. Uh-huh. Love that show. Yeah. Uh, But before that, when there was a a television show that was called Fringe, F-R-I-N-G-E. Yep. Yep. I I, I just went on out to to iTunes and purchased it. And I I watched it from beginning to end. And uh, uh, loved it. Absolutely loved it.
0: Nice. Yeah. i i've been watching uh the waco uh series it, it's like one of those short like six episode series and being that i'm in waco i watch it way more than i should like i've watched this <laughs> like four or five times just during yeah. the quarantine.
1: so yeah i completely yeah. get it but yeah at some point we're gonna run out of those shows to watch so we need to get this uh get this voodoo of stuff that we have here under control
0: Yep, absolutely. At some
1: point, people are going to start climbing the walls, right?
0: Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. I completely get it. But uh, so, if people were to check out your music and uh, uh, check out what you got going on, where's the uh, best place for them to do that?
1: Well, there's a couple of places. So, you could go to my website. That's really where you could get uh, a lot of information about the music itself, mm-hmm. uh, which is just BillAbbadante.com. Uh, you can go there. Uh, and on there are the links to all the social media stuff, you know, Twitter and Instagram and, you know, pick them. Uh, but the one that I really use the most, and it seems like uh, the one that's uh, most of my fans use the most is Facebook. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, my Facebook page is just Bill Abernathy, singer, songwriter. Yep. And uh, if you go on there, you can find all this stuff, you know, that uh, that we do and some fun stuff, you know, yeah. time to time. So that's
0: yeah. Yeah, absolutely absolutely facebook for whatever reason everybody says facebook is dead and it's like no nah, i don't think it's dead there's still a fan base there for everyone so well the point
1: is is to use facebook for what facebook is for yeah right i mean facebook is not the the place to have you know these deep dark you know political discussions you got to get over that you yeah. know it's a place to see pictures of your grandkids and pictures of your kids and say hi to folks. Yep, right,
0: absolutely. If used
1: appropriately, it's still a good tool. Yep,
0: absolutely. So, something I started doing the last or since the last time you were on is at the end of every podcast, I ask everybody the most polarizing question I can possibly ask. So oh, I'm boy. going to do that right now. Okay pineapple pizza yes or no
1: absolutely not it's wrong there's so many things wrong with pineapple pizza you know i mean if you want a pineapple eat a pineapple right if you want a pineapple upside down cake make a pineapple upside down cake if you want to put pineapple in something else but please do not bastardize a pizza yep (laughs) i put a bunch of freaking voodoo on there pizza Pieces, bread, meat, and sauce, and the more meat, I had the a, better.
0: I had a feeling I was going to get this response from you because I knew you're from the same general area I'm from, and you grow up no pineapple ever.
1: No, no, I don't know why you would do that. I mean, it, it, it would be like—I don't know—it's it's horrible. It, it would be like taking a Beatles album. And trying to superimpose Justin Bieber on it. I mean, why the hell would you do that? Yeah. You know, don't screw with the pizza. Pizza's what it is.
0: Pizza's perfect the way it is. Stop messing. Exactly. With it. And the more meat, the better. Yep. Oh yes. Yep. I actually actually that does sound good. I think I'm gonna have a pizza for dinner. <laughs> that that sounds really good. Thanks for the idea. I appreciate that. <laughs> hey, I'm I'm here for you, man. Anything I can do to help? Right. Yeah. Absolutely. But uh, well, thank you so much for jumping on. It's always a blast talking with you. You're welcome on anytime. Feel free to reach out. Let me know. And actually now that you called me and I have your number saved in my phone, it's like, Oh yeah, now I can save it. And um, I'm actually going to be uh, running to Chicago in May, end of May Memorial day weekend. Cause uh, uh-huh. my sister, she's got married last summer and so this summer they're having their reception or whatever oh, okay yeah so, yeah so we'll, we'll see how that goes and i think i'm invited i'm not sure anymore like you know but um so yeah that's kind of the plan and if i can figure out a way to swing into kansas city i will let you know
1: well oh, yeah he'll let me know and i'll tell you what we'll do uh, i know you're from texas and, and, and i appreciate that right uh and, and I, actually, I know I'm that
0: from chicago but i just kind of live in texas oh
1: well that's why you're a pizza guy i mean yeah. it, it, why the hell would you bastardize a chicago deep dish pizza with freaking pineapple i mean yeah. it, it, there should be a law i mean yeah. people should get you know kicked out of the country for that kind of crap but uh that now that you're in texas and i know i know texans have their things Yeah. right and i worked you know in my nine to five gig i worked in texas a ton right mm-hmm. So this is what I will tell you. Uh, if you come, if you're coming through town, give me a note, yep. right? Send me a time. And what we will do is you and I will go and we will do two things to completely change your life. Okay. okay. First of all, we will have Kansas city barbecue, which is 10
0: times better than Texas barbecue. Actually, back. I do. I do enjoy Kansas city barbecue, but like that, that's, it's kind of hard to tell what I grew up on because it's like Kansas. My grandma grew up in the South, so her barbecue versus Kansas City barbecue. Yeah. But the, the but couple of times that I've had, yeah,
1: the thing you have but, to understand about Kansas City barbecue is you know, you hear of like you know, like Gates and, and some of the big, the big barbecue places. Yeah, that's not where I'm taking you. We're going to the gas station, yeah. we're going oh, yeah. to a place where it's real. Yeah, right. So I will promise you barbecue, and I will also um, discredit this thought that Texas has the best steaks. That is pure BS. Uh, Kansas City has the best steaks, done. And so I owe you barbecue and steak so that I can help you understand what steak and barbecue are really all about.
0: Deal. I'm totally down those are my those are my two weak points like they actually it's kind of funny because when I got hired uh, to move out to Texas, when I got hired to the job that I'm at now and I moved out to Texas a little over a year ago I told my boss that the only reason that I was moving to Texas was because Florida didn't have any good barbecue oh yeah yeah. Yeah. And
1: Florida doesn't have great stakes. I, I don't know how much time we have, but I, I could tell you a story about this, right? Go if if we have a couple of minutes. Yeah, go for it. I was, in, I was invited to, uh, speak at a conference, huge, huge conference, thousands and thousands, thousands of people, uh, in Florida. Right. And the folks that had become large global company, right. Uh, asked me, they said, we want to take you out to dinner, right? For coming and speaking at our thing. What do you like? And I said, I'm a steak guy. And they said, we will take you to the best steak place in Orlando. It'll be the best steak you ever had in your life, right? April Fool's. So we go to this place, and it's cool. It's cool. I mean, this is the whole pick up, you know, they pick you up on the limo, and you know, you go to this place and you know yeah. it's cool. Some dude's name. I mean, it's cool. And you you walk in, and it's open fire pit that's you know, fifty feet long and twelve feet wide, and you yeah. can smell all the different smokes and all the yeah. different woods and all the stuff. And I'm going, This has got potential, you know. So they come out, you know, it's one of those restaurants where they bring you a tray of meat, you yeah. know, and you pick you pick your steak. Yeah. You know, that's yep. this is the steak that I want, not that. Cut uh, this steak. I want this steak, right? Yeah. He brought this steak out, and it looked pretty good. And so, you know, I'm talking to the guy, and, and uh, I had noticed that I'd seen, you know, in the air in the airplane magazines and ads, right? That this is the best steak in Orlando, you know. And so, I asked him. I said, "How do you guys know that you're the best steak place in Orlando?" And he said, "Oh, well, we're just the best. We have." You know, 24-day dry age, blah, 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 you know, yeah. all this stuff. And I said, well, that's all cute, you know, but the place down the street that I ate last night had had the same thing, right? Yeah. So how are you guys saying that you're the best? And he said, oh, well, we have the best chefs and the temperature of the grill is just perfect. and yip, 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 yip. Yep. Nope. And I'm going, well, that's cute. But the place that I went last night said the same thing, right? How do you know you're the best? And he said, I'll tell you our secret. And I thought, well, maybe, you know, I've guilted this cat into actually telling me something. And I said, So, what is your secret best steak place in Orlando? And he said, We fly our steaks in fresh every day from Kansas City. Done. Bill's a winner.
0: <laughs> yep. I got you.
1: True story, you know, man.
0: It's fun- so. And to, to kind of stay on the steak thing the first time i had really good steak uh was in south chicago there's this uh restaurant called bogart's i've been there yep very good yeah it, you know it was just one of those things where uh when i was in uh, junior college i was a pretty avid bowler and yeah. so we had a men's league that i was in where we would uh it wasn't gambling but anytime you made a mistake you had to pay a penalty uh-huh. and so basically at the end of the year we take all the money from all the penalties and we'd go treat ourselves to a very nice steak dinner uh-huh and the uh one year we went to bogarts and that steak was
1: yeah really good
0: yeah. so yeah, yeah
1: so when you come to kansas city i'll take you to a place called the majestic Okay, uh, which is my favorite steak place in town. So. Nice. Yeah. I'll even buy. It, awesome. Which I'm, will be painful. It'll be a little painful there at the Majestic, but it'll be worth it. We'll have a good time.
0: Well, you're you're lucky because I actually enjoy a good New York strip steak. Yeah. That that's kind of my cut, but I also enjoy t-bones too. So I'm kind of on both ends of the. Yeah. You know. So. Yeah. But. Yeah speaking of steaks got my mouth watering now and
1: so now you got to have a steak and a pizza or you going to have steak pizza
0: no i think i'm gonna go find some cheap skirt steak and make uh steak and eggs in the morning so i uh, think we am gonna pizza good. tonight and when i go to the grocery store in the morning just go buy because that's usually what i do is i'll go buy like a cheap skirt steak and yeah. fry it in the pan and just fry some eggs over it and it works you know what would it
1: really be good on that skirt Steak with uh, eggs on top of it. What's that? Pineapple. You need to add some pineapple to that. It'll change your life.
0: Okay, (laughs) this took a really weird turn because we went from no pineapple on pizza to putting pineapple on steak, and now
1: I was being facetious, man. Okay, being facetious.
0: (laughs) Gotcha. I couldn't pick up on that, but all right, I feel. But. bill it's been an absolute blast chatting with you man it's always a good time uh feel free to hit me up whenever you want to come back on and we can do it all over again
1: oh good your timing is fantastic because my treat bowl just went empty so morph's <laughs> eating the whole bowl of treats so he oh no <laughs> man, oh, okay his his next uh event maybe is interesting but yeah, no, don't. We always have a good time, and I was serious about that, man. If you're coming through Kansas City, give me a little heads up, and we'll do some stuff. It'll be fun.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Because uh, you know, it's one of those things where, for the radio show, we uh, we travel. Like right now, we're not doing a lot of traveling because different states have different regulations and whatnot. Right. So, but once we, uh, once we get to a place where we can come up to Kansas City, I'll probably like we need to go to Kansas city anyways, to do some, uh, uh, recording with some bands and love to get you on. Like you, you've been known to rock out a little bit. So, you know, if you want me to rock, you know, I, I, I can, I could,
1: just, because it's you and you understand, you know, the, the non-equivalency of pizza and pineapple, I will rock for you. Yeah.
0: So. I appreciate that. I really do. Um, and my sound engineer is from the East Coast, so we have a completely different discussion about pizza. So, Well, you're from Chicago. I order pizza from Chicago, man. Just so actually, you. funny story, though, real quick, to kind of end on a kind of very funny note. So the best Chicago pizza I've ever had is actually not located anywhere near Chicago. Really? There's a place where my parents live in uh, South Florida called Pussetari's Pizza. And it is a combination... Uh, so, it, like, I've dro- name-dropped a few places in Chicago, so I'm sure you probably are familiar. It's a combination of Aurelio's Pizza in Chicago and... Oh, what was it? Aurelio's and I think... Uh, Steph- There's another... Another like more regionalized one that my parents knew. Yeah, but they took like the crust from one and the sauce from the other and just kind of made this amazing pizza. There's wharf. Oh wharf, guys. There you go. Say hi, (laughs) wharf. He's like, don't put me on camera. What are you doing? I just want to play. (laughs) So, but yeah, South Florida. Hands down, some of the best Chicago pizza I've been able to find. So, well,
1: I tell you what, when you figure out the name of the place, text it to me and I'll see right. if, they, if they can ship me some because I do that from time to time. I'll, I'll I think it's uh, a Giordano's up in, in uh, uh, Chicago that I go to. May, might be Aurelio's, but I'm not sure. Yeah. I do order it, have them ship it to me. Yeah,
0: yeah absolutely. There's actually a place in west texas there's a grocery store in west texas that gets frozen i don't remember if it's gino's or lou Melnati's. oh yeah uh, yeah they like it, it's a grocery store and they get frozen chicago deep dish ship tool hmm. mm.
1: so well i know it's kind of late in the evening but pizza's really sounding good and they bring it to you nice so. That may be my next move, man.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Well, once again, man, thank you so much. It's been an absolute blast. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. And we will catch you guys later. We are good. Thanks, Tom.